did you say Finne- Finnegan's drug? I did. I did. <laughs> this coffee isn't helping. This coffee is not helping me. <laughs> I actually think I might chug this and go get another one. <laughs> Hell yeah. Why not? Why not do it? For everyone's reference, I have a strawberry banana mimosa this God morning. Damn, that sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. I want that. Very tasty. I got a really fancy Prosecco because I really like sparkling wines. I'm trying to branch out and get some, like, try some different ones. What, which one did you get? I'll have to go look at the bottle. It has a brown label on it. <laughs> I got it at Trader Joe's. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> I got a really fancy Prosecco, but I don't know which one it is. Yeah, I but. think I paid a little bit more. I, I didn't go with the La Marca, which is what we usually do or mm-hmm. what I usually do. We. Well, absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean that like we is correct. When I'm feeling fancy, I yeah. go for La Marca. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling like I'm going to treat myself to something, $20 a bottle today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this was like $2 more than the La Marca. Mm-hmm. Hashtag not sponsored again. <laughs> not sponsored, but Lamarca is delicious. We should totally post this, but we've done this isn't we our should. first professional gig together. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the first time that we've been paid to talk about various subjects that we are passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a little uh, TV show, TV show, a little web 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 show. Oh my god, I can't fucking. Oh talk. my god, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if to call that like a sh- web series of short videos. It was called Fill My Jug it was because <laughs> because we were doing it on behalf of a local liquor store that had jug in the title. They were awesome. It was just a local liquor store, and he gave us free alcohol in exchange for giving him cute little. One minute yeah, videos. We made him cute little videos for him to put on his YouTube channel and on his Instagram. Yep. And one of them was Lamarca, probably my favorite. We'll have to post those at some point because they were we pretty We absolutely funny. have to post <laughs> the Lamarca one because the, the Lamarca one's my favorite anyway because <laughs> we scream a lot reviewing that one. I was trying to get Abby to open it by like popping it and then she did and it startled both of us. Yep. 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 That's very on brand for the two of us, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, yeah, so if you wanted to see our beautiful faces actually together and talking, we'll post those at some point maybe. And Lamarca may not stand us, but we definitely stand Lamarca. So I feel like that review is still still solid. Yeah, good old Finnegan's Jug. He, the person who owns it was really nice, really sweet to us. Frank is a good guy. Yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I like the ends were mine was my favorite because Abby would add like a cute little, not a really like a blooper, but just something we did that was really silly. Yeah, something like a cute non sequitur. It's actually what Dustin does, only he puts it at the front of our show right before our intro song. <laughs> yep. Always hustling. That's us. Always mm-hmm. hustling. Always trying to work together. We, we're just good partners. We are good partners. I love Tink. working with you. Oh, and... Adam had a correction. I think he had a correction. So I was telling him the three mermaids. 
Obviously, that was our last okay. episode mm-hmm. from two weeks ago. And I was telling him about the story because I thought it was really funny. I don't know when he has a chance to listen to it. So I was just – I just like to tell him like spark note style. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he said – because I was telling uh, him what a great name Granizia was. And he's like, it's Granizia. <laughs> oh. Because it's Italian. And then he also made a really funny joke about the Italian cat <laughs> going, meow. <laughs> At the end. <laughs> he's like, no, you have to say it, meow. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, so many missed opportunities. Also, of course, it's Granizia. That makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. I said, Granizia, that's such a cool name. And he's like, it's probably Granizia because it's yep, Italian. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, because my husband's a know-it-all. <laughs> I was in a drama class with an Italian exchange student in high school whose name was Cecilia, although it was spelled like Cecilia. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Oops. <laughs> On behalf of... Me, I am apologize to Italian speakers everywhere. Yeah, we're really sorry. Granizia is actually way better than Granizia. That's a way though. better name than Granizia. <laughs> I already liked Granizia, but Granizia just has a really... That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. As a name. So... I just, man, sorry, I, Italy. I wish you hadn't told me that. I want to go re record the whole episode now <laughs> so I could get the names right. Oh, sorry, Italy. <laughs> hey, we're learning and it's very fun. Yes, it is. I love learning. Me I love too. learning about important things and about things that make me feel really stupid. <laughs> I feel like Italian words are especially hard to pronounce. When English is your first language. I feel like everything else is hard to pronounce when you speak English as your first language because English makes no sense. Phonetically, like English phonetics is what I was trying to Mm -hmm. because, yeah, Granizia makes perfect sense if you're doing it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, uh, you know, English is your first language. I do have something fun I want to tell you about. Okay. So this is kind of weird, but there's a spider that lives in my bathroom. (laughs) Okay, hang on. I'm going to make a prediction about where the story is going because okay. I just I just know you at this point. Um, so there's a spider that lives in your bathroom. And if you're treating it anything like the one that used to live on your live in your office at Chico State, you've Wanna been have babies. Yes, you've been feeding it. Mama spider. Because I remember you specifically went to Petco and I think bought flies or something to feed to the spider in your office. And then I thought babies. about it. And then you had a little family. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they all starved to death, and I still feel very sad about that. Yeah, I think they did all starve to death, probably, because you were no longer there taking care of them. Aw. No, they they definitely died while I was still there in my last work. But this is a different spider. This is Fernando. Okay, it's a different spider. Tell me about Fernando. So he lives in my bathroom. I don't mind spiders. I actually quite like them. You know, they keep pests away even though he's kind of in an obvious spot that i feel like if i had any guests at my house ever it'd be really embarrassing to be like yeah that's just my pet spider now he that's just there. fernando he moved in a while ago <laughs> i love him he's Great. a little he's like a little wolf spider or house spider he's just like a little brown one uh-huh he's small uh but i'm really proud of him he shed his exoskeleton <laughs> good for him so i feel like he's thriving and it makes me really happy and also there's another little spider that moved in next door to him and i named him jiff jeff 
Jeff and Fernando. I'm just really surprised Fernando hasn't eaten Jeff because Jeff is like the tiniest spider I've ever seen, like really tiny. Do spiders often eat other spiders? I must, I assume so. I think they can eat anything they can get. And I don't think I have a lot of bugs in my bathroom, so I'm actually kind of worried for Fernando too. Hey, Fernando made his choices. Yeah, he has one of those cool little webs that's like a little tunnel. Mm-hmm. So he'll run in and like hide and when I blow him uh. <laughs> I like spiders. God, the more you talk about it, the more my skin is just crawling. Like like my skin <laughs> is twitching right now and I'm like, oh God, one of them's on me. But I'm really happy for you and for your little spider roommates. They live there. They don't bother me. I think they're cute. Actually, when I see him, I get excited. I was so excited when he shed his exoskeleton. I was like, are there two spiders in there now? And then it was not. And I got really excited. I'm glad Fernando is thriving in your bathroom. <laughs> it feels like I he's really thriving. Am. I feel like that's a good thing that he shed. So that's yeah. what's going on in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is honestly, that is such a Kelsey story that I am. I'm just delighted. I've known you forever. To those who are new to the joy <laughs> that is knowing Kelsey, I feel like I get a spider story every few years or so when another <laughs> important spider comes into her life. For a while there, the important spider in your life was Ellie, which was the tarantula at the nature center that you worked mm-hmm. at. Yeah, she was a cutie. She's a Chilean rose tarantula. She had a big personality. If you held her long enough, she would like start to make a web on your hand, which was hilarious because it's like she just puts her butt down and then <laughs> rotates and then puts her butt down again. <laughs> oh, I thought she was funny. How was that a personality and not just like something that makes you want to scream and fling <laughs> that giant spider? Because she was so cozy on your hand. She was she was chilling. She was ch- <laughs> Chilean and chilling. Okay, I'm sorry. Again, <laughs> Dustin just <laughs> I shouldn't be allowed to be on a podcast. <laughs> Someone take her microphone away. <laughs> oh, Someone geez. get me a new co-host. I can't. <laughs> so I was talking to Abby about she's going to come visit me in a month or so. Oh, yeah. And Abby was like, well, I just got to make sure that, you know, Steven's okay with watching the pets. And I was like, sorry, pets? Like plural? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I haven't mentioned on the podcast that I'm planning on visiting yet. Yeah, sure. We can talk about that. Like. (laughs) (laughs) No, Abby got a cat. (laughs) And failed to mention this to me. I thought that I told you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I got a cat. Tell us about your cat because I need more information. I mean, I already know a little bit, but I'm still like just amazed that you forgot to mention. Uh, The cat's name is Brie, which is short for Briog because we named her after Omadon's dragon from the Flight of Dragons movie. Amazing. It is amazing. That dragon is amazing. That movie is amazing. James Earl Jones plays an evil wizard in that yeah. movie. And I, I highly recommend it to everybody. But it actually is legit. It's great legit. Movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this great cat now, and she's a tabby, and she's four, and we adopted her from the shelter down the street. And she and the dog are getting along beautifully, which is great. They really enjoy playing. By playing, I mean she puts herself somewhere just out of his reach. (laughs) And he gets very excited and runs around the thing that she's perched herself on Mm -hmm. while she stares at him and then tries to bat him occasionally from where she is. 
And then, and this is how I know that she's enjoying herself and isn't just scared. Because mm-hmm. eventually he'll calm down, you know, and he'll go get one of his chew toys. And then he'll, you know, plant himself somewhere in the vicinity and chew his chew toys. And she'll stare at him for a few minutes and she'll start creeping towards him really slowly. <laughs> she, and she's just planning, how do I get his attention again? Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Because occasionally she'll rush forward to wherever he is and then <laughs> whap him on the nose really, really fast. And then she'll <laughs> run back to wherever she was before. Uh, that's adorable. Yeah, it's really it's really cute. They they really like each other. Good. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, me too. It's always like kind of nerve wracking because Obi, mm-hmm. he's a really young dog. And he also, mm-hmm. you know, is a he's a pandemic puppy. He wasn't especially well socialized before we brought him home. I don't think he'd ever seen a cat mm-hmm. before. So we were just like a little bit like, eh, I don't know, like, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. It's probably why I didn't mention it for a while. Because I was like, well, we're, yeah. we're kind of making sure that Obi doesn't kill the cat. Yeah, not, not that we would have that we would let it get that far. I realize that sounds bad, but we're making sure that Obi doesn't want to kill the cat because then obviously we'd have to send the cat away. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so we didn't. It's kind of like not telling anyone about like a pregnancy before the third month or whatever, just in mm-hmm. case it doesn't work out. But it's working out great. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. Brie. Yeah. Well, Brie. she is freaking cutie. She is so cute. And like the dog just loves her in a very intense but friendly way. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. We love her too. She's she's starting to get really cuddly where she just likes to she like she's actually spending time like curled up in her laps or in the case of me when I'm trying to work lying across my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> the best. <laughs> just the best. Uh she is an accomplished killer of bugs. Nice. Which is not lazy. Yeah, which is really different <laughs> from our previous cat, uh, who unfortunately passed away last year. But our yeah. previous cat wouldn't hurt a fly. We're actually pretty sure that if we ever put out traps, she would warn the thing that we were trying to trap <laughs> because she was a gentle and lazy soul. Yeah, Thor Kitty. She was a good. Thor Kitty. Good yeah, cat. she was a good kitty. But Bree is more than happy to kill whatever. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. She's an indoor only cat because I'm pretty sure that if we let her out, she would be a scourge of the local bird population. And uh, they don't just des- they don't deserve that heat from her. <laughs> she should leave them alone. Oh, she sounds adorable. And I'm so happy her and Obi are getting along. Me too. I it's it's really it's really relieving. And uh, we're just a big, chaotic, happy family. Love it. At the moment. So yeah, that's what's going on with me. I also got another tattoo. I will send pictures of both the cat and the tattoo. Yeah, together to the Instagram. Yeah, sure. I can make it. I can make that work. Cats and tats. <laughs> Cats and tats. That's what we do here on Fairy Tale Fix podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, is there anything business wise we need to get to before we read our stories? I I think just one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's basically that we have our podcast anniversary coming up in just a couple short weeks on September 28th. That will be the our anniversary episode of the podcast. And we really wanted to do something big for that to celebrate because we have had so much fun this year. So we're going to be doing a giveaway, uh, possibly like a fairy tale book with some merch. Uh, we might do a live fairy tale reading 
on Twitch or something. We're still sort of working out the details of, of mm-hmm. how we want to celebrate our one year anniversary. But we figured that for our regular episode that we release on the 28th, we are going to cover Sleeping Beauty. Yay! We're going to do a big one. Mm-hmm. We're going to go for a big one. We're going to watch a bunch of Sleeping Beauty related content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be we'll be like reading and watching things inspired by the classic fairy tale. And then we will read the classic fairy tale and talk about different talk about its history, talk about different versions, and just all in all have a good time with what is definitely one of my favorite fairy tales. Yeah. So if you have any suggestions, any versions of Sleeping Beauty or just related things, Definitely let us know. You can mm-hmm. message us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or email us at info at Yes, please. We want to know what your favorite Sleeping Beauty thing is or what's your favorite thing about Sleeping Beauty because I think there yes. are like a lot of different versions. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if there are a bunch of different versions outside of like probably like a shorter version and a longer and a longer one. Like mm-hmm. what we found is often the case with like these Brothers Grimm mm-hmm. stories. I thought that was one of the ones where it's like there's like a a French version and like the Brothers Grimm version and oh maybe maybe so I don't know like this is <laughs> this is partially what we'll what we'll do research on and uncover. <laughs> I know I'm for excited. our Sleeping Beauty episode because I actually realize I don't know a lot about Sleeping Beauty outside of I think I read the original fairy tale once or twice and seen mm-hmm. the Disney movie. So I'm very excited about well, this. That'll be good. I'm stoked. All right. Yeah. Uh, make sure to email us or message us at your favorite Sleeping Beauty trope and, you know, shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know there's a uh, bunch of books. different movies. I know. Yeah. A bunch of different movies. There's a bunch of different books based on it or that use themes similar to. All right. Well, are you ready to hear a story today? Because I have a fun one. Tell me. I chose it from Chinese fairy tales and legends. Nice. Okay. The story I'm reading to you today is called The Kindly Magician. Ooh. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'm very excited about this. (laughs) Yeah. I love all of the stories in this book. They are so much fun. Okay. So give me three predictions for The Kindly Magician. Prediction number one. The kindly magician is not the main character. He is just someone that the protagonist encounters at some point during the story. Okay. The second prediction, because I've been so richly rewarded by every Chinese story that you've told so far, I predict that there will be a boss-ass dragon in this story somewhere. All right. Excellent. That's the good stuff. And then <laughs> prediction number three, the, my third prediction is that there will be some kind of natural barrier in between the protagonist and whatever their goal is woods or a river. Okay. That they have to cross and find a clever way to do it. Okay, cool. I will take all of those. This tale is called the kindly magician. Once upon a time, there was a man named Du Zi Shun. In his youth, he was a spendthrift and made no heed to his property. He was given to drink and idling, which, same. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. when he had run through all of his money, his relatives cast him out. That makes sense, too, though. And one winter day, he was walking barefoot about the city with an empty stomach and torn clothes. Evening came on, and still he had not found any food. 
and without end or aim, he wandered about the marketplace. He was hungry and cold and seemed well nigh unendurable. Turning his eyes upward, he began to lament aloud. And suddenly, an ancient man stood before him, leaning on a staff. Yes! <laughs> Who do you think this might be? It might be the kindly magician! I it hope. might be. Might just be. What do you lack since you complain so? I am dying of hunger, replied Zhu Zishun, and not a soul will take pity on me. So the ancient man said, how much money would you need in order to live in all comfort? Okay. It, I know. That's... An interesting mm, question. How much a, money would you need? What a, I was just I was just about to say, what an interestingly subjective question. Mm-hmm. Like how much money would I I mean here I mean here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm relatively comfortable right now. Like I'm I'm fine. But that's just because like my job currently pays me enough to sustain more or less the lifestyle I want. But like if someone was just going to hand me money and say, How much do you need to like be good for the rest of your life? Yeah. God, what is that number? I guess take your salary, double that, and then multiply it by how many years you plan on living. (laughs) Gosh, that's a really good – there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess like, I don't know, a million dollars? I don't know. Like, money. Hang on. I'm actually going to go – I'm just going to calculate this. I want to get a calculator out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How many more years do I plan on living? (laughs) Not very many. Let's get real. Let's be real. I decided it would be seven million. <laughs> seven million. Okay. If I plan to live to a hundred, which is a huge stretch, I don't plan on living that long. Not very many. Not very many more years. Just you know, I just want to live to be a hundred. <laughs> but you know what? Now I have an answer in case this guy ever comes to me and asks. <laughs> okay. So like, if I let's say I want to live another seventy years or so until I'm a hundred. <laughs> See, I'm I'm cheaper than you. I I, I only need about three million. Only three million. I only need about three million. Like I said, I like gave myself a doubled salary. Oh, you doubled your salary. Sure, 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 sure. Very, sure. very comfortable. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let me go ahead and multiply that by two. Okay. I need I need like seven million. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I need about seven million. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're right. You're right. I was lowballing myself on You were absolutely lowballing yourself. I was like, I guess I'm fine right now. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what our friend Zhu Zijun does. Okay. He says, if I had 50,000 pieces of copper, it would answer my purpose. And the ancient said, that would not answer. Well, then a million. That is still too little. Well, then three million. <laughs> the ancient man said, that is well spoken. And he fetched a thousand pieces of copper up his sleeve and said, that is for this evening. Expect me tomorrow by noon at the Persian Bazaar. I love so much that he also lowballed what he thinks he'll need to be <laughs> yeah. comfortable for the rest of his life. He's like, right. I, God, I don't know. Yeah, and the magician's like, No, keep keep going, no, keep, keep going. going. But like, you're <laughs> c- no, come on, really. What do you need though? Mm-hmm. At the time set. Susie Chun went to the Persian Bazaar, and there, sure enough, was the ancient who gave him three million pieces of copper, which is fucking awesome. And then he disappeared without giving his name. So our boy held the money in his hand. His old extravagance returned. He rode on pampered steeds, clothed himself in the finest furs, and went back to his wine and led such an extravagant life that the money wow. gradually came to an end. You see, that's why. Mm-hmm. He didn't yeah. invest. <laughs> 
didn't invest <laughs> and forgot that like it's not coming in. This is how much you get for the rest of your life. Like you're not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was that was a mistake. <laughs> a little disappointing. I a will say. I thought that he me- would have learned his lesson already. Mm-hmm. Reminds me a little bit of some Irish fairy tales we've read in the past. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. We need to get a bottle from Bottle Hill. Come and mm-hmm. uh, remind <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so instead of wearing brocade, he had to wear cotton. And instead of riding horseback, he went to the dogs. And finally, again, he was running about barefoot and in rags as before and didn't know how to satisfy his hunger. So once more, he stood in the marketplace and sighed. But the ancient was already there. And taking him by the hand said, are you already back to where you were? That's strange. However, I will help how, you once more. How many years did it take him? Did it say? I'm going to guess like a couple years, like a few. Okay. But it is a fairy tale, so it'll probably happen again. What? You're crazy. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that this man on the second time around has learned how to spend his money wisely and also like do kind things for other people with his <laughs> Suzi Chun was ashamed and did not want to accept help, but the ancient assisted and led him along the Persian bazaar. This time, he gave him 10 million pieces of copper, and Suzi Chun thanked him with shame in his heart. With the money in hand, he tried to give time to adding to it and saving in order to gain great wealth. But as is always the case, it is hard to overcome ingrown faults. Gradually, mm-hmm. he began to fling his money away again and gave free reign to all of his desires. And once more, his purse grew empty, and in a couple of years, he was as poor as he had ever been. Then he met the ancient the third time, but now was so ashamed that he hid his face when he passed him. But the ancient seized his arm and said, Where are you going? I will help you once more, because I'm the fucking best. Aww. And I will give you 30 million. But if then do you not improve, you are past all help. Mm-hmm. Which is super, he really is like the kindly magician. That is so nice. Uh, I'm excited to get to the end of the story. But I already have so many thoughts. Full of gratitude, Suzy Chun bowed before him and said, in the days of my poverty, my wealthy relatives did not seek me out. You alone have helped me three times and the money you give me today shall not be squandered, that I swear, but I will devote it to good works in order to repay your great kindness. And when I have done this, I will follow you through fire and through water if needs be. And the ancient replied, that is right. When you have ordered these things, ask for me in the temple of Louts beneath the two mulberry trees. So Zuzi Chun took the money and went to Yangchu. There he bought a hundred acres of the best land and built a lofty house with many hundreds of rooms on the highway. And there he allowed widows and orphans to live. He bought a burial place for his ancestors and supported his needy relations. Countless people were indebted to him for their livelihood. So. Okay. Okay. He's he's getting it together. Yeah. Turned it around. Turning it around. He's not going to fuck it up this time. When all was finished, he went to inquire after the ancient in the temple of Louts. The ancient was sitting in the shade of the mulberry trees blowing the flute. He took Susie John along with him to the cloudy peaks of the holy mountains of the West. And when they had gone some 40 miles into the mountains, they came to a dwelling fair and clean. It was surrounded by many colored clouds and peacocks and cranes were flying about it. Ooh. Which sounds like really pretty. Yeah. Love it. Within the house, there was an herb oven nine feet high. 
which I have no idea what an herb oven is, but it sounds interesting. Hang on, hang on. I'm just going to Google it real quick, just because I am very curious. Herb oven. Nope, just a, a lot of references to ver- to like acupuncture and herbal medicine. Anyway, do, okay. do continue. Maybe, I don't know. I have no idea what an herb oven is. Maybe we'll get some context clues. The fire burned with a purple flame and its glow leaped along the walls. Nine fairies stood at the oven and a green dragon and a white tiger crouched beside yes! it. An evening came. The ancient was no longer clad like an ordinary man, but instead wore a yellow cap and wide flowing garments. Taking three pellets of the white stone, he put them into a flagon of wine and gave them to Juicy Chang to drink. He spread out a tiger skin against the western wall of the inner chamber and bade Suzy Chun sit down on it with his face turned toward the east. And he said, Now beware, no matter what happens to you, whether you encounter powerful gods or terrible demons, wild beasts or ogres, or all of the tortures of the underworld, or even if you see your own relatives suffer, do not speak a single word, for all of these are only deceitful images. They cannot harm you. Think only of what I have said and let your soul be at rest. No sooner had he said this than the ancient disappeared. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Like, I'm very tense right now. Enter the worst drug trip (laughs) you've ever had. (laughs) Great. Tell me about it. Zuzi Chun saw only a large stone jug full of clear water standing before him. The fairies, dragon, and tiger had all vanished. Suddenly, he heard a tremendous crash, which made heaven and earth tremble. A man, towering more than 10 feet in height, appeared. He called himself a great captain, and he and his horse were covered with golden armor. Mm. He was surrounded by more than 100 soldiers who drew their bows and swung their swords and halted in the courtyard. Okay. Giants. Badass. Terrifying. The giant called out harshly. Who are you? Get out of my way. Susie Chan did not move and made no answer to his questions. The giant flew into a passion and cried with a thundering voice, chop off his head. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, terrifying. But Susie Chan remained unmoved, so the giant went off raging. Then a furious tiger and a poisonous serpent came up roaring and hissing. They made as though to bite him and leaped over him. But Susie Chan remained unperturbed. And after time, they dissolved and vanished. Okay. So, I know. This Excellent. is like. He's doing great. He's doing really great. You know, it's really interesting. The magician really didn't say why he should do this. <laughs> I, I also, you know, I did notice that. I am mm-hmm. just hoping that all will become clear at some point. But at the same time, like, Zushi Shun did say, I will do whatever you want. That's true. So this is what he wants him to do. (laughs) No questions asked. After a while, a great rain began to fall in streams. It thundered and lightninged incessantly so that his ears rang and his eyes were blinded. It seemed as though the house would fall and the water rose to a flood in a few moments time. And this streamed up to the place where he was sitting. But Susie Chun remained motionless and paid no attention to it. After a time, the water receded. Then came a great demon with the head of an ox. He set up a kettle in the middle of the courtyard, bubbling with boiling oil. He caught Susie Chun by the neck with an iron fork and said, if you tell me who you are, I will let you go. He's being tested. Yep. (laughs) 
Tsuzi-chan shut his eyes and kept silent. Then the demon picked him up with the fork and flung him into the kettle. He withstood the pain, and the boiling oil did not harm him. And finally, the demon dragged him out again and drew him down the steps of the house before a man with red hair and a blue face who looked like the prince of the underworld. Yeah, okay. (laughs) The prince cried, drag in his wife. What? Yeah, I know. Apparently, this guy's been married for 10 years, and it it, it just (gasps) is not mentioning it. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is a long time after he's had the money, but that seemed kind of random to me, too. (laughs) Wow, okay. (laughs) No, that's true, but it's just like, it just, she just was not mentioned. (laughs) Yeah, they could have... You know, mentioned her just a little bit before. Well, especially during all of the times of how much their their overall financial well-being fluctuated in the past 10 years. There's mm-hmm. no mention of... Does he have kids? What, what? You know, probably at this probably, point. Probably, right? I just don't know. Okay, anyway, they drag his wife in, I presume. <laughs> yeah, she's brought in with chains, and her hair was torn, and she wept bitterly. yeah. Yeah, she's, she's I'm sure not she here did. for it. The demon pointed to Susie Chen and said, if you speak, I will let her go. But he answered with not a word. And the Prince of Evil. Rude. Great name. Yeah, that is rude. I mean, it's one thing to withstand all of these trials on behalf of like yourself and you've decided to take on this pain. Mm-hmm. But the magician did say, don't say anything if your relatives are tortured. Gotcha. Because he also said, like, it's not real. Mm-hmm. Nothing can harm you. Yep. That makes more fine. Yes. Okay. He's just being very strong willed. I get it. Yeah. He's being super tested. Mm-hmm. So he answered not a word. And then the Prince of Evil ordered the woman to be tormented in all sorts of ways. And she pleaded with Zuzi Chan, I have been your wife now for 10 years. Will you not speak to me? Will you not speak one little word to save me? I can endure no more. And the tears Yikes. ran in streams from her eyes. Yikes. I know. It's super sad. Oh, my she's, God. She's like screaming and he's just not saying a word. Thereupon, the prince of evil shouted, chop her into bits. And there before his eyes, it seemed as though she were being chopped to pieces. But Susie mm. Chun did not move. Because he's a fucking badass. I guess. Yeah. Stone that, cold. Yeah. Okay. The scoundrel's measure is full, cried the prince of evil. He shall dwell no longer among the living. Off with his head. And so they killed him. And it seemed to him that his soul fled his body. And the ox-headed demon dragged him down into the lower regions where he tasted all the tortures in turn. Hang on. Sorry. I know I'm interrupting a lot with this story. <laughs> That's okay. Um, There's a lot happening. <laughs> there's so much happening. And I, I just, wow. Um, I'm just, I, at first I was, I was kind of going down the train of like, no, the kindly magician is like the best kind of person who just helps people without asking like questions or, or quizzing them about their worthiness of whether or not they should be helped. You know, what a great guy. What a great moral lesson for us all. And now I'm just kind of like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Or was all of this just, he's just here to be a rich guy who's just fucking with this guy. And like, because he gave him a lot of money, he could just torture him now. Like, what? Is he actually dead? You'll have to see. (laughs) But yeah, it definitely took a turn that I wasn't expecting. So I knew you'd love it. (laughs) This is something. Yep. Something is happening. Don't worry. Wow. It gets worse. (laughs) 
okay, he's in hell. He's being tortured. Do continue. Yeah, but he still doesn't say a word because he remembers the word of the ancient. And the tortures, too, seem bearable. So he didn't scream and he said not a word. So it's like all these things are happening to him, but he doesn't actually like feel the pain, really. Like Mm -hmm. it's not that bad. He's able to be sort of distant from it. Yeah, because it's just a really bad drug trip. Mm -hmm. Heavy disassociation. (laughs) Now he was dragged once more before the Prince of Evil. The latter said, As punishment for his obstinacy, this man shall come to earth again in the shape of a woman. Punishment indeed. (laughs) Now there's gender swapping. (laughs) I love this story so much. Gender swapping punishments. The demon dragged him to the Wheel of Life. It has caps, like the Wheel of Life. Okay. Which is really interesting to me. I want to learn more about that. I have so Mm -hmm. many questions. Yeah, I wonder if that's a common fixture. And he returned to earth in the shape of a girl. He was often ill, had to take medicine continually. It was pricked and burned with hot needles. Yet he never uttered a sound. Gradually, he grew into a beautiful maiden. But since he never spoke, he was known as the dumb maid. A scholar finally took him for his bride, and they lived in peace and good fellowship. And a son came to them, who, in the course of two years, was already beyond measure wise and intelligent. What is happening? (laughs) That was my reaction, too. One day, the father was carrying his son in his arm. He spoke jestingly to his wife and said, When I look at you, it seems to me that you are not really dumb. Won't you say one little word to me? How delightful it would be if you were to become my speaking rose. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, this is so fucked up. Tricky, tricky. (laughs) But the woman remained silent. And no matter how he might coax and try to make her smile, she would return no answer. Then his features changed. If you will not speak to me, it is a sign that you scorn me. And in that case, your son is nothing to me either. And with that, he seized the boy and flung him against the wall. And since Du Chun loved this little boy so dearly, he forgot the ancient's warning and cried out. Damn it. (laughs) After all of that. (laughs) So close. Wow. Okay. Before his cry had died away. Susi Chan awoke as though from a dream and found himself seated in his former place. The ancient was there as well. It must have been about the fifth hour of the night. Purple flames rose wildly from the oven, flaring up into the sky, and the whole house caught fire and burned like a torch. You have deceived me, cried the ancient, seizing him by the hair and thrusting him into the jug of water. What? In a minute, the fire went out and the ancient spoke. You overcame joy and rage. Fear and fear. Fear and fear. (laughs) Fear and more fear. Well, fucking seriously, so much fear. I know, though. I know, though. I know, though. Like, I'm not even... It made sense to me when you said it, to be honest. It was like, yeah, no, that was a lot. You should say it twice. (laughs) The ancient spoke. You overcame joy and rage, grief and fear, hate and desire. It is true. But love you had not driven from your soul. Had you not cried out when the child was flung against the wall, my elixir would have taken shape and you would have attained immortality. But in the last moment, you failed me. Now it is too late. Now I can begin brewing my elixir once more from the beginning and you will remain a mere mortal man. What? 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 (laughs) Abby's face. (laughs) It was all a test. It was all a test. (laughs) 
He would have been immortal. I mean, I kind of figured it was like a test for something, but I didn't realize that like in addition to all of like the kindly magician had singled this dude out to become immortal. Why? (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah. Okay. I feel like the magician was like found like a poor guy and then was like, you're going to owe me so hard. And then he kept fucking it up and he's like, you're going to owe me even more. Now I got to test this elixir out. Either uh-huh. it's going to kill you horribly. <laughs> well, but he says he has to start over and start brewing it again. Like mm-hmm. what, what is this? Maybe you're about to tell me. Maybe I should shut up about what oh. the situation is here and like why he, yeah, why he's should, doing this. I guess I should finish this. God, I have so many thoughts <laughs> and feelings. So many thoughts and feelings. <laughs> Zuzi Chen saw that the oven had burst and that instead of the philosopher's stone, it held only a lump of iron. The ancient man cast aside his garments and chopped it up with a magic knife. Zuzi Chan took leave of him and returned to Yangchu, where he lived in great affluence. In his old age, he regretted that he had not completed his task, and he once more went to the mountain to look for the ancient, but the ancient had vanished without leaving a trace. The end. <laughs> You're welcome. Um. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, right. That was like a lot of story for kind of a lot of nothing. Wow. <laughs> so much happened, but also at the end, nothing had happened really. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh my gosh. I have, wow. I have so many thoughts and so many feelings about this story. I don't even know really where to start. So I told Adam this story this morning. Uh huh. <laughs> and he said, so the moral of the story is women should. <laughs> and I told him I was going to tell you wait. that and tell him to kick his ass. <laughs> wait, I'm, where'd he get that? Where was that? Because he only like made a noise after he became a woman. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. I told him you have I to mean, kick his ass. <laughs> yeah, I will absolutely kick his I mean, the thing is, the thing is, is that there are so many folk and fairy tales where that is exactly the lesson of the story. <laughs> So I don't know if I'm allowed to be too mad. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Tell Adam I will find I will devise some way to punish him mm-hmm. for such for such a speech. Anyway, I thought that was such a wild ride. Yeah, that it was a wild I feel ride. Like it didn't really mean anything, and there really wasn't any kind of like point or end. Well, I I don't know. I disagree. I really do like. That he he goes through all of these tortures and he's able to put aside grief, fear, pain, mm-hmm. desire, all of all of these sort of like earthly tethers and tethers to your body and tethers mm-hmm. to your existence. And he's able to put all of that aside except for love and, and that oh. you need to put love aside too if you want to become something more than human and something and something immortal that you need to that you can't love and i i really actually like that he's able to put all of that aside except for his love the line of demarcation i guess between what is what is a person and what is not and not just love but like a mother's love specifically and that he couldn't put that aside 
in order to complete this task. I, I like that, actually. It totally trips me out, too, because the, he starts off as a little girl and becomes a maiden and gets married and has kids. So it's like he's on this drug trip for like mm-hmm. – Well, he lives an entire lifetime. Life. Yeah. As this woman. Which is crazy. Yeah. I know that story had like everything. (laughs) Wow. That story had like, honestly, I'm like, there's a lot to unpack in that, in that Mm -hmm. story and what the lesson of that story might be. And I'm sure there's like cultural context. Uh, Don't have kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's not it. They make you super fucking weak. (laughs) They make you so weak that you You end up not becoming an immortal being. So don't bother with the children. That was my takeaway. <laughs> that wasn't yours. Takeaway. Uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what my takeaway is on that story yet, but I love your conclusion. <laughs> I, yeah. Wow. That's a really, that's a really interesting story. I think we're missing potentially some cultural context. Oh for, yeah, probably for a few different ways that that story could be interpreted, but mm-hmm. wow, I really like it. I know. Isn't that great? I like, yeah, I like that story a lot. I genuinely love all of the stories in this book. They are so good. Every single one has been gold in that book. Wow. So like, wow. Yeah, that that took such, that took so many left turns (laughs) about what I thought this story was going to be about and then what it ended up being about. That was my reaction while reading it. And I was like, oh, Abby's going to love this. Did I get any points? You got one point because the magician wasn't the main character. That's true. Okay. There was a dragon in it, but it wasn't a boss-ass dragon. Yeah. No, I I specifically said boss-ass dragon. I got excited, but the dragon didn't say anything. So I was looking for a story that had a boss-ass dragon, but I just thought that one was so wild and had the Prince of Darkness. Or wait, Mm -hmm. Prince of Evil. Well, and they also made a reference to the Philosopher's Stone in the book. And I'm not sure if that's if that's an actual something that made a cross that was that's a crossover item in Chinese mythology or because because, you know, that's that's obviously like a big something, Mm -hmm. something big in in sort of Western European mythology is the concept of, of a Philosopher's Stone. So I'm just curious to see if it's the same thing or if that was just what they translated it to. And it's similar enough in Chinese culture. Okay, so it does. So what I one other thing I really love about this book, which if you go into our show notes, I'll put a link so you can look it up, you can buy it for yourself. But it has cool like notes at the end of each story, but it actually says what an herb oven is. Oh, okay. It has a few <laughs> What's things. An herb oven? It has a few things that might be enlightening. So herb oven is a tripod kettle used for brewing the elixir of life. So that would have been helpful to know with yeah. which the fairies, dragon, and tiger are connected. In order to prepare the elixir, the master must have absolute endurance. It is for this reason that he placed Du Si Chun in his debt. Oh, wow. Okay. So was so he really he was that kindly? Kind of, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I was I was just about to say that like if there was supposed to be a lesson in there about like giving people help without asking questions. He's still rich for the rest of his life. So he sure. did really help him. Yeah, he really did. But I mean, in, but in the end, like also this guy sort of helped himself too by learning to be wise and generous with these gifts. So it also says... There's a an asterisk at purple flames rose wildly from the oven. Though Zhu Chen had overcome his other emotions, so the fear and terror didn't affect him. Love and love in its highest form, mother love, still remained in him. Aww. And this love created the flames that threatened to destroy the building. 
and the highest point in Taoism, as in Buddhism, is, however, the absolute negation of all feeling. So you talked about that earlier. Wow, that is so – that's cool. You were so – that's right. cool. I was so right. Um, because You're so I'm smart. So smart. And funny and pretty. Also, uh, thank you, Eastern religions class in college. Mm-hmm. I know. I loved Eastern religions class. It was super fun. Any, any other great tidbits? So obstinacy, literally, his real offense, however, is reticence or the keeping secret of a thing. This quality belongs to the yin, the dark or feminine principle, and determines Zuzu Chen's reappearance on earth as a woman. So yeah, there's a lot packed into this story. That that is a lot. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank you so much for telling me that story. Is there a way that you would fix that story? No, definitely not. I love it just as is. I think it was really a lot. Wild ride start to finish. Yeah. All, all I want is what I usually want, which is where's my companion story about why the kindly magician is doing this or the not yes. so kindly magician. I want more information on the kindly magician. I want to know his backstory and if he does eventually find someone to help him create life. Crazier. Yeah. Immortality. Yeah. No, never mind. I, fi- I found out my one fix. And again, it's a very predictable. It's a very predictable fix for me. His wife not going to be mentioned at all outside of the oh, parts where yes. she's being fucking tortured. That's literally the only time that we're <laughs> yeah. going to mention the one. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, so he's been... He's been doing okay for a while then. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Sure. He has a wife now. But we're only going to mention her, like literally not even at the end of the story, like where he goes home, they don't mention her. She literally is only mentioned when she's being brought out to be like tortured <laughs> so that he can be like silent about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still calm, ready to become an immortal. I would have lost that. I would have said something like a second after he told me not to. But I'm like, wait, what? What? <laughs> wait, what are the rules? <laughs> why are we doing this? Yeah, that's why you and I are not cut out for immortality. <laughs> and also probably why maybe Adam's right about what the moral of the story is. Women just can't <laughs> shut up long enough to become immortal and transcend themselves, can they? <laughs> you know, that actually reminds me of, so Aurora messaged us on Facebook again. Uh-huh. With an amazing meme, by the way, that I'm going to send to you right now. Okay. Because it it relates to this. So she made a meme that was, as uh, she put it, very niche, which, yes, absolutely, Aurora, but I loved it. But it says, don't ask questions, just take the key and do what the bird says. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. (laughs) Just do what the bird says. That is the moral of the story of that one anyway. She made a meme for us, by the way. I love that so much. I I, I feel so famous. People making memes for us. I love her. So the story that I am telling you today is a story called The Monkey Bridegroom. Oh. And it's from Japan. I'm using my my book, Fearless Girls, Wise Women, and Beloved Sisters. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've and I've spoken before on the show about how Kathleen Reagan didn't exactly put a lot of contextual notes outside of noting what country the different stories were from. And often mm-hmm. I have a hard time like actually Googling it and looking up any additional information about the story. And then I realized like she has an entire acknowledgments section of the book at the beginning that acknowledges all of her sources. <laughs> I ah. 
you know what? It's okay. (laughs) So she has all of her sources up at the front. So I can also acknowledge those people since those tend to be more original sources of the people who are originally telling the stories. The Monkey Bridegroom is a story from Japan and Kathleen found the story in uh, a book of folk tales of Japan by Keigo Seki. Okay. And it was, I think, originally published in like 1963. So that is cool. the story. I also found another version of it in a different folktale book from around the same time that where things go slightly differently. So I'll tell you at critical points where they go a little different. Go ahead and give me three predictions for the monkey bridegroom from Japan. Prediction number one, somebody turns into a monkey. I like it. Okay. Prediction number two, there is a curse. There's a curse. There's a curse. Is that too vague? No, it's not too vague. It's fine. Prediction number three, I want to be about the moral of the story. This is probably wrong, but I'm going to guess that it's a creation story. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Those are all really fun predictions. Yeah. I should probably save my fun ones for the bonus odes, but... <laughs> <laughs> probably should. <laughs> but it's too late. Those are your predictions. So... Mm-hmm. Lay it on me. Away we go. This is the monkey bridegroom. In a certain place, there lived an old man. And one day, he went out to dig up gobo roots, which is a type of vegetable that's a staple in rural Japan. And he couldn't dig out a single one. And just as he was wondering what to do about that, a monkey came along and called out, Grandfather, shall I help you pull up gobo roots? And the old man says, yes, please help me. If you will dig up some roots for me, I'll give you one of my daughters as your wife. Whoa, okay. Yeah. The monkey already offered, though. <laughs> yes, but there, there's some cultural notes in the back in the back of the book about the importance of to making sure that you're not taking anything from someone without without reciprocal. It still feels giving. like he could have just asked one of his daughters to help him pull up roots. You would think that he could have just asked one of his daughters, and, and then you wouldn't have to wed your daughter but to then a we would, monkey. Then we would have no incredible story. So okay, fine, I guess. <laughs> Anyway, he offers one of his daughters as the monkey's bride. Will you really do that? The monkey cried. Well, then I shall come to claim her in three days. And the old man, thinking that the monkey surely would never come to claim one of his daughters, agreed to all that he said. Even the monkey's like, dude, I think you're really overselling a little, but okay. I just offered to help you pick up some roots, but... I'll take it. So the old man thinks that the monkey won't come for one of his daughters, which I don't know why he would think that because they always do. And the monkey begins pulling up gobo roots with him and soon they have a large pile. The old man thinks that monkey certainly has pulled up a lot of roots. Perhaps he really intends to come for one of my daughters. (laughs) He's beginning to get a little worried about it. (laughs) <laughs> is this guy suffering from like heat stroke i don't know <laughs> because he's making terrible decisions <laughs> oh no oh god what did i just promise that monkey one of my kids <laughs> so a little overly generous finally the monkey had pulled up every gobo root in the field well he said to the old man i shall surely come for your daughter and then he scampered off and the old man thought to himself wow he must really intend to show up Why don't I ever tell him I'd give him one of my daughters? What shall I do? 
I don't think that any of my girls will agree to become his wife. I must try to persuade <laughs> one of them. This is what happens when you don't ask first. Mm-hmm. So the old man walks sadly home, talking to himself, trying to work himself through this problem. And when he gets home, he calls his eldest daughter and, after telling her what had happened, said, when the monkey comes in three days, will you go to be his bride? What? She cried. Who would ever want to become a monkey's wife? And she refused to even consider it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The old man then called his second daughter and asked her the same thing. Why? She cried. What a fool you are. Who would ever make a promise like that? I may be older than your than our youngest sister, but I'm not going to become the monkey's bride. I don't think anyone would do it. And she refused completely. Is the youngest, nicest one going to be like, anything for you, daddy? You know it. <laughs> Since the older two have refused, the old man thought to himself, I don't think the youngest will agree either. However, I'll have to ask her. There's nothing else to be done. He went to his youngest daughter and told her what he had promised and that the monkey would be coming in three days to get his bride. Your sisters had both refused. Will you please go and be his bride? His face paling, the old man made his request. The girl thought for a while and then replied, Yes, father, since you promised, I will go. <laughs> and upon hearing this, the old man was overjoyed, crying, Really? Will you really do it? <laughs> you can really count on the youngest daughters. Yep, they're, they're always just, they're always daddy's you. girls. <laughs> yeah, they're always daddy's girls. They they are here to help you save face when you make a promise. Every time. Does it doesn't matter what country, doesn't matter at all. <laughs> they're here for you. <laughs> Cuz this is definitely giving me big east of the sun west of the moon vibes. Mhm. Yeah, and the um devil in the green coat. Devil in the green coat. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so he's very excited. He's asking, really, will you go? I will go because of my duty to you, said the girl, but you must give me three things to take with me. What things do you want? He asked. I will give you anything you request. Please give me a very heavy mortar together with a heavy maul for pounding rice and one toe of rice. And a toe, according to the book, is about 50 pounds. What? He cried. Is that all you want? If so, you shall have them. And he soon brought all of those items to her. In the other version of the story, she requests a big earthen jar with lots and lots of needles put in it. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting deviation. Mm -hmm. So he brings her everything that she asks for. And on the third day, the monkey comes as he had promised. The youngest daughter says to him, I am to become your bride, but when we go back to the mountains, we will want to eat rice mochi. So let's take this mortar, maul, and bag of rice with us. You can carry it all on your back. And the monkey loaded everything onto his back. It was very, very heavy. But since his bride had requested it, he did not want to refuse. And they set off up the mountain, the monkey carrying his heavy load. What kind of monkey do you think this is? Because, I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of monkeys out there. I don't know. Honestly, had intended to Google like monkeys, monkeys native to Japan. I think it might be a macaque. Yes. There's a, there's a Japanese, a Japanese monkey or a macaque is native to Japan and is found on all of the main islands. Oh, I, you know what? I remember watching a nature documentary in an anthropology class mm -hmm. uh, about these particular monkeys because we were learning about how culture is transmitted from parents to children. And they were actually using these macaques as an example mm -hmm. of washing your food being taught by by like a uh, monkey mothers to their children. 
but that was also like a newly invented technology among this Mm -hmm. particular group of monkeys that like one day some monkey got the idea to start washing her food and then she taught Mm -hmm. her children and then her children taught their children etc 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 and thus culture and technology is transmitted between people anyway (laughs) i remember that that movie yeah but they're very like they're they're nice looking monkeys they're kind of like medium sized ish and they've got you're very cute whitish tan fur and really adorable bright pink faces Mm -hmm. yeah Definitely not like the worst if you're going to be an animal. <laughs> the bride. worst thing to be married to. I mean, that's at least a little closer to home than a polar bear. So, <laughs> yeah, but you can't ride this monkey around. It's too small. That's true. But you can strap a giant mortar pestle and bag of rice to its back. I guess. I feel like 50 pounds would be a lot for that tiny monkey, but go on. Anyway. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to get a picture in my head for what kind of monkey we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. And for those of you listening at home, Google macaque or snow monkey. Yeah, they're very cute. So they head up the mountain, the monkey, his bride, and the heavy load that he's carrying on his back. And it was just the beginning of April. And on both sides of the road, the cherry trees were in full bloom. They traveled along until they came to a place where the road went close to the edge of a deep canyon. At the bottom of the canyon, there was a river. At this point, the branches of the cherry trees fell over into the canyon, making such a beautiful scene that the girl stopped saying to the monkey, Oh, such a lovely cherry tree. Will you please climb up and get me a branch of those cherry blossoms? And since this too was a request from his bride, the monkey agreed and began to climb up into one of the trees. Please get some flowers from the topmost branch, the girl cried from below. So the monkey continued to climb higher and higher. Is this about right? He asked. But the girl urged him higher and higher until he had climbed up to where the branches were very small and weak. This seems like a trap. It's, it's yes, you are right. It is a trap. <laughs> the load on his back was very heavy and the branch he was on was very small. Suddenly it broke and the monkey fell headlong into the canyon below, landing with a splash in the river. As he sank from sight with the heavy mortar on his back, he sang this song. I do not regret my death, but oh, how sad for my poor bride. And he soon disappeared from view. The girl was very happy and returned to her home. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. That monkey was so sweet. I know. And she was cold. (laughs) I feel increasingly bad for the monkey as the story goes on. Yeah. Because he's just, you know, he's doing everything she asks of him. And then he's a, his final thought is sort of worrying about her of like, oh, I hope she won't be too sad. Like not knowing that she orchestrated his death. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. You know, I was actually, I didn't want to like say that because I didn't want to sound like a jerk, but I was thinking, I mean, you could just kill the monkey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like monkeys are kind of small, right? (laughs) (laughs) And she did kill the monkey. Oh. <laughs> Which is why I, I kind of picked this story because mm-hmm. we've because we've done the devil in the green coat, we've done East of the mm-hmm. Sun, West of the Moon, in which these women are promised to either either very, very scary men or literal animals on yeah. behalf of debts owed by their fathers, and they accept. Uh-huh. The, like, Beauty and the Beast is another example. It usually turns out that it's like a prince or royalty yes. or like something good comes of it but this i liked that this story <laughs> took a different turn 
<laughs> with that very common theme. Yeah. But despite the fact that especially when you compare this to the polar bear prince from East of the Sun, West of the Moon, this monkey was downright princely in behavior comparatively. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a fix? Nothing that wouldn't make the story not happen. My my fix mm-hmm. is like, ask one of your daughters to help you go pick roots. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I no. Think it, I think it would have been funny if the monkey had turned into a prince but still died. <laughs> <laughs> but still died. That would have been that would have been good. Also, I'm just curious, like, because as much as I like that this ending sort of subverts that trope, mm-hmm. I'm a little curious to see what would have happened if she'd stuck with it. I don't know. Like, yeah. Aww. But I do appreciate that she was clever enough to get herself and her family out of this situation. Yeah, for sure. And she didn't sort of just passively accept that this is what her life has to be now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She was like, no, no, I get it, Dad. Family has to save face. Totally understand. You made a promise. Can't not keep our promises, right? So I'll just kill him. <laughs> I'll just kill him. Oh, I like her. <laughs> I really like it. I So no, I guess I don't really have a fix for it. Like there's a couple of things that I'm curious about, but no, that was fine. That was great. I like it. Oh, I do feel really bad for the monkey, though. He seemed very, like he didn't ask to marry one of his daughters. Yeah. And I think for what it's worth, he probably would have made an okay husband. Yeah. He just seemed genuinely like, hey, I'll help you pull up these roots. And then he's like, you, you going to give me your daughter? Okay. Okay. And then he's all worried about her. Aww. Yeah. His final thought is of her. So I don't know. It's just star-crossed, <laughs> star-crossed lovers. I- <laughs> that was fun. That was a good one. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I didn't get any points. No, you got no points at all. But that's okay. Yeah, no points. That's but okay. I liked your I liked your guesses. They were good guesses. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Fairy Tale Fix. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple or Stitcher. And if you want to support us, you can get extra episodes, merch books, other bonus content at our Patreon by signing up at fairytalefix.cash for about what you pay for a latte a month. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FairytaleFixPod, and please email us your favorite fairy tales, folklore, nursery rhymes, and other such things at info at FairytaleFixPod.com. And they were perfect and no fixes. Yep. So they lived happily, happily ever, ever after. after. The, the end. end. <laughs> <laughs>